Hello world, hello internet, and welcome to the 10th episode of the JS League show. My name is Mihail, and my co-host Diana here is going to talk about our guest for this episode, which is a very special guest for our 10th anniversary episode. So, Yay! We've been doing this for 20 weeks now. Yep. We never thought we'd get this far. <laughs> so talk about our guest. Hi, guys. Our guest for this episode, anniversary episode, is Florin, our biggest fan and the JavaScript enthusiast. Hello, Mihail. Hello, Diana. And take, thank you for uh, having me here. It's a pleasure, and uh, I hope our listener will enjoy this episode. For sure, for sure. Tell us, Florian, how, how did you came to be our biggest fan? Well, I don't know either. <laughs> uh, I think uh, because I try to solve all, all of your problems, and... Um, Even our that... personal ones. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yes, yes, of course. So I think this uh, was my. This is the main reason for which I became your biggest fan. But uh, I think it was important also to give you the right answer to those questions. <laughs> Hope I I matched all of them. I have some uh, some missed one, but uh, there is enough time to uh, to fill the gaps. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, you are by far the most prolific answer, and you've always answered like. I, I like the fact, I personally like the fact that you, you've given multiple answers to the same question and tried to solve the problem in different ways. And it's, uh, it's interesting. I, the whole idea of the interview question was to challenge people to try to find interesting solutions to problems. And it was, it was nice for me to see that you tried to find multiple interesting <laughs> solutions <laughs> to the same problem. Yes, uh, it was challenging for me, of course. Uh, but the next uh, biggest challenge is to solve uh, the problems in many programming languages, not only in JavaScript. If you would like that, I think it's a challenge for uh, all of your listeners who will uh, try to tackle your uh, problems. Yeah, for sure. We should do a, a spin-off like Java show or Python <laughs> show. <laughs> Yeah, or we could accept uh, answers in different programming languages. Yeah, that would be interesting. Maybe we'll have other fans from other technologies. Yes, yeah. I'm sure. It would be a technological battle for answering yeah. Mikhail's questions about algorithms. Yeah, we, <laughs> algorithms. We, yeah, we can go into the, that uh, age-old debate. Okay, which programming language can solve this algorithm faster and which can run it faster and things like that. Yeah, that would be really interesting. It will be an endless battle between yeah. the programmers, like always is. <laughs> yeah, I think people would start sending us code in languages we don't even understand, like assembler and things like that. Even lower. <laughs> yeah. Or Java. <laughs> or Java. <laughs> like uh, Ciprian said once, Java is for real programmers. Yeah, I think he said it last week. Yes, yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I think it was last week. Yeah. For who uh, has attended the Bucharest GS, not a new news. <laughs> yeah. yeah, actually, it was a surprise for us that we inspired a talk to Bucharest GS Lightning Talks edition. Yes. Yeah, there was someone that had a presentation about how to solve one of the interview question problems. I think the interview question from episode six. Six. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. the one with uh, sorting, yeah, uh, sorting only the unique ones. 
Yep. <laughs> yes, I remember that I tried to solve that problem and uh, I missed the the solution that uh, the person who went to the last uh, Bucharest JS event showed uh, another way to solve it. And uh, I was a bit disappointed. <laughs> <laughs> well, there's always going to be a better solution than ours. Yes. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. As long as it works, it's fine. Let's put it in production. <laughs> the golden rule. Yeah, if it works, it ain't stupid. Yeah, right. So let us dig in into this episode. Florin, tell us more about yourself and how did you become a programmer? Well, I'm entitled myself as a JavaScript enthusiast. And uh, as a matter of fact, I started programming in high school. I, I had a, uh, informatics then, back then. It was about uh, 2,000 years ago, if I recall. <laughs> and uh, I learned uh, Borlan Pascal. Uh, if you know, it was invented by the Romans. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was used to uh, code the Caesar cipher. Uh, and after high school, I stopped uh, using programming and learning programming. I don't know why. And about five or six years ago, I encountered a course on a class on Coursera. Mm -hmm. uh, among others classes that I, I took, uh, there was one in MATLAB. If you uh, like programming and math, it was very challenging and no. I enjoyed it a lot. <laughs> and said, I think this is the moment for me to rejoin uh, programming. Uh, so uh, since then, I started uh, uh, searching the internet to see what it uh, uh, best fits for me, what to choose, what to learn, where to learn, how to learn. And uh, I, have, I had a plan for a, f a few years to see uh, if I can uh, achieve uh, what I'm trying to do. Um, and uh, uh, since then I'm filling the gaps and uh, it's good that somebody is paying me as a programmer. <laughs> <laughs> and here we are. <laughs> and here we are. After some time talking about programming and solving uh, uh, Mikhail uh, problems, algorithm problems. And not only algorithm, but also other problems. So you, you talked about that course on Coursera. Do you actually remember what course it yes, was? Yes, it was about MATLAB. Okay, but do you remember the name if someone wants to I look it up? I think it's just MATLAB. <laughs> <laughs> MATLAB one-on-one. No, yeah. no, it, it was, uh, the course was taught by some engineers from MATLAB. I think they make this course available for free because they wanted to make the, uh, the tool, MATLAB, mm -hmm. popular to let people use it, to see how it works and how can use it in their own advantages. Uh, the course was uh, offering also a free temporary license for MATLAB. And of course, I found a hacked one on the internet <laughs> and uh, still have a hacked version. But uh, it was very fun. Uh, I want to say something about uh, programming in math. Uh, nowadays, a lot of people avoid um, learning programming because they make a connection with mathematics and they think programming is more mathematics and actually it's not. I think if it, it, if it was more mathematics, it would be easier, at least for me. <laughs> it's, it, it's always uh, better to have something that, uh, when you say two plus two, it's always four. In, in programming and in front end, 
is undefined yes. object object no, you do something oh it's work but if you go on a different version of a browser it's not working if you go on the phone it's not working there things are working differently in mathematics 2 plus 2 it's always 4 so this is why uh, when you know uh, the right output you uh, in, in mathematics it's always easier to follow your uh, your logic in programming, sometimes, at least in the front end, it's, it's a bit harder. It is. Yeah, computers tend to behave illogically sometimes. We've all had that situation where there's that if that it should go through it, but it doesn't for some reason. Yeah, it's called black magic. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, in the end, those guys uh, achieved to um, make... M Matlab, like super popular. popular. <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't think Matlab is so much popular. Uh, well, the problem is that uh, a Matlab uh, license is, it's it's worth some money, and you have uh, op uh, other uh, other tools like R or Python, mm -hmm. with the help uh, with with uh, with which you can do uh, pretty similar things. But uh, MATLAB, it was a very powerful tool also. You have like an entire environment there. Uh, I, don't, I don't have statistics about uh, how much it is used and uh, what is it is best for at this moment. I think it is a very interesting tool if you want to, if you have uh, a, a job or, or things to do with a lot of uh, mathematically power. Mm -hmm. Because things are very uh, optimal in there and very efficient. I had a course on MATLAB in my uni and I, I had the Macbook then and it wasn't, um, MATLAB wasn't available for Macbooks when I asked my teacher, hey, can you help me with this? What can I use? And my teacher said like, you should get another laptop. I was like, gee, thanks. Yeah, MATLAB is, is really popular, I think, in a few different environments. It's very popular in the academic environment, just like Python is. I think MATLAB is, probably a bit more popular in Europe than, uh, than Python. I think Python is a bit more popular in the States. And uh, it's very popular in the academic and also for, for things like statistics and automations and st stuff like that. I've seen, I've, seen a lot of, uh, I've seen a lot of projects that involved like automating like systems and like for, for factories and things like that that are actually written in MATLAB. So yeah, I think, I think there's value in MATLAB. I think a lot of people use it, but probably not for yeah, developing websites. I don't think anyone's <laughs> ever gonna write a website in MATLAB. <laughs> Of course, of course. I'm sure that MATLAB it has his niche, and uh, I believe that uh, it would have disappeared if <laughs> uh, yeah, there was no use. It was actually quite nice with the filt image filters and noise reduction from images. It's quite powerful. Yeah, for it, this it, sort of things, but it has stuff for for machine learning as well and things like that. It's yes. pretty powerful for that as well. So indeed, again, there there are use cases, and th I think it's. Because of the visual interface and the way it's actually designed, I think it's sometimes easier to get into MATLAB than other programming languages that are strictly code. Because MATLAB does has uh, does have that functionality where you connect blocks and you pass input and outputs from from blocks to to achieve different results. So I think it it is somehow easier to get started in MATLAB probably than other. It has his own editor. It has his own uh, own. Uh, error 
linting and things like that. <laughs> and on that note, welcome to the MATLAB show. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, so Florine, you you are a self-taught developer, right? For uh, quite a few years. Yes, yes. So, what piece of your advice do you have for people that start learning programming? Well, I think the first step uh, it has to be uh, uh, inform yourself. So you have to inform what is programming. You have to know what a day in a programmer life looks like. You need to know uh, how much time you need to spend. To, to get to some point. You need to have a plan. You can't just, okay, it's, it's, uh, it's popular to, uh, to be a programmer. I want to be a programmer. It's not like that. Because you may, uh, you may start uh, uh, working to become pro a pro programmer for one, two, three months a year. And after one year, you realize that it's not for you. Mm -hmm. So you can spend a lot of time. You can use a lot of time uh, with no uh, uh, real benefit for you. So I think you should take as much time as you, as you need, one week, two weeks, one month, to learn, to, to talk with a programmer, to see what his, uh, his, his, his work means. Uh, and if you enjoy to do that, if you, liked, if you like what you see, you can go forward and start to learn. How to start to learn? I think you should have a plan. A roadmap, right? A, ro a roadmap. Okay, yes, a roadmap. A roadmap for one year, two years, three years, because you can't start today and tomorrow to be a programmer. You need to have some time. I think three years, it's a good time. It's a, it's a reasonable amount of time. So you have to start to fill in the gaps, to see what do you need to learn. I think it's important to know what do you need to learn. You have to choose what to learn. Because you can't learn everything. You yeah, need to choose that's web, front-end, back-end, MATLAB. <laughs> Uh, after choosing what, what your stack, what, you, what technologies do you want to use, I think you should, you should talk to a mentor or you should talk to a team. You should talk to some person that have some experience with that, uh, uh, with that technologies because they can give you a, a very, very important advice. Mm -hmm. So you can, you can save a lot of time because you can start learning by yourself and learning what you don't have to learn or you can choose a bad class, or you can choose a bad teacher, or you can choose a very old class, because there's still classes of JavaScript 10 years ago. And I don't think you can achieve very much with that. So For sure. Another step is to keep going. You don't have to, if you are sure that you want to do that, if you have your plan for two, three years, you have to keep going. You don't have to give up. <laughs> Because it's very easy to, to give up and say, I know it's hard for me, I need to do something else. You just have to wait those one, two, three years, what, you, what was your initial plan, and then to see if after uh, that amount of time you are ready and you want to go forward or not, to see if you have achieved what you have planned initial. So I think these are, the, are my advices. I don't know if they are the ones that we should follow, but I, I think this it, it, it should have been done. Yeah, I think, I think it would be also useful to have so on this roadmap or your plan to learn software development, I think you'd, you should have some milestones like say, hey, after six months, I'd like to, I don't know, write a personal website for of myself. Course. And after a year, I'd like to be able to, I don't know, to write a, 
or an e-commerce store, store or something like that, or a blog or something like that from zero and stuff like that, like have different milestones on your roadmap so that you can regularly check, okay, am I, am I going at this fast enough? Am I investing enough time? Am I investing more time? And I should- What am I missing? Yeah. What I have done wrong, no? To see what have I done wrong? Is my product after six months or one month or one year? good enough for the market? Can I use it as a uh, production apps or whatever I'm building there? That's interesting because you said that usually it takes around two or three years to become at a programmer. Yeah, at least programmer. And I think speaking for all of us and our experiences, it takes a long time to become a programmer and to know not only the language itself, but how the whole environment, how to do like the backend development, um, DevOps, building, deployment, and all other stuffs and tools. And uh, uh, yeah, the thing is that there are a lot of programming schools nowadays that their advertising, uh, advertising is that they teach you to be a programmer in six months or one year. Yeah. And what's your opinion about yes, well, this sort of... I can give you a quote uh, and, and about a very... Uh, I, I believe it was uh, said by uh, a programmer from, uh, from React, something like that. He said, programming is not easy. I don't, I don't know who said, right, watch my course for uh, 10 euros, two hours, and you are a programmer. It's not like that. It's impossible. And programming is not easy. I think you should know that from the beginning, that programming is not easy and it's, it's hard even after 10 years of spending programming, after 20 years you still have problems, it's not working just like that. So programming is not easy, programming is hard and it's not like uh, uh, just learning once and doing all your life. Yeah. No, you have, to, you have to learn. I remember that we have a discussion when, you, when, you, when we were at Modex with one of their uh, programmers about jQuery and Sabine yeah. argue a bit about jQuery and React and uh, the conclusion or was more like a question so if I'm doing this in jQuery what now should I learn go for React and should I learn all my life <laughs> <laughs> when I should stop no I learned Java I learned jQuery it's not no now you're going React in three years maybe React won't be the uh, best to use the JavaScript framework and maybe we won't have you in JavaScript in a few years. We don't know. Fair so enough. it's a it's a, a long life um, a long life job and it's not only eight hours, it's uh, ten, it's twelve hours. Yeah, it's it's, it's complicated, and I think it's uh, it's not only about the tools and the languages you use. It's all about the mentality and knowing where to look for problems and trying to figure out because. If it's something that I've seen uh, in, like, you are t talking about doing it for a long time. I've been doing this for 13 years and it's still not easy. I still have things that I look at them and say I have no idea where to, yeah. how to solve this problem, where to look for this problem. But I think the thing you see the most with the difference between, like, more junior people and more senior people is that more senior people usually have a better idea of where something is coming from or where something is happening, whereas junior people need to go put on a deposit go through the code, try to figure out what's happening, where senior people can read code faster, understand code faster, and they also have a, an intuition because they've seen different maybe situations. Maybe. Yeah, and they say, okay, I think this if isn't working properly, or maybe this condition is, is wrong, or things like that. 
And yeah, I think that that's what makes the most difference. And I think that's the most important part about programming because language is like nobody that's going to do programming as a career will probably use the same programming language from when they start till when they finish their career because sure. yeah programming languages evolve really fast computers evolve really fast technologies evolve really fast i mean there's probably some people out there that are still doing i know like MATLAB. <laughs> MATLAB, yeah. No, probably doing some, I don't know, Scala or something like really, really old there school. There is a programming language that it's, it's used. I don't... Fortran, yes. Yeah. There, there, there's still people doing Fortran somewhere in the world, but... Yes. Sorry. Yes, I'm sure there is, but I'm, I'm sure also that they are paid very well. Because they are alone. They are the only ones that are still yeah. doing that. And there are still companies that need that. I, I remember that... I read somewhere that uh, a lot of Far Fortran programmers uh, work in, in some offices in, for, for some banks, some big banks, that have some uh, uh, systems that are enclosed in, in, uh, somewhere inside them, and they have something written that is used, uh, that use Fortran. And they can't update or change, they have to keep it that way, and they have the, 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 the Fortran programmers. So they, uh, they are hired once and all their life doing Fortran. Yeah, I, that, that's a bit sad if you think about it. Yeah, I remember, I remember I was doing some online course about parallel processing and things like that. And there was this, uh, they were talking about this supercomputer that, uh, that, uh, that's employed by the US Navy or something like that, that generates tide patterns and things like that and calculates the tides and water levels and things, sea levels and things like that, which sounded very complicated. And I was saying, hey, this is something that runs right now. It's written in COBOL and it's, it's uh, written on a, and it works on one of the most powerful supercomputers. I think it was the eighth or ninth most powerful supercomputers in the world at that time. And uh, these guys, uh, the, the course was uh, taught by some people from NVIDIA, and they were saying, hey, we built this computer that's probably like 100 times slower, but it does all of this in parallel using C, and it, it works exactly the same and even faster than the, yeah. the thing written in COBOL. But a lot of supercomputer programs and a lot of like in in the aerospace industry in the military industry i think there's a lot of long running pieces of code that have been written in cobol fortran or uh, different old school languages that are still running up to this day and someone needs to maintain them mm -hmm. i mean yes, there's, yes. There, there's still a need for those people and I'm, I'm not sure anyone is teaching cobol or fortran at this point yeah i i think maybe my like my high school or something <laughs> You should start some workshops with COBOL and Fortran. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that US Navy supercomputers don't use JavaScript on them. For sure, for sure. Yeah, you never know. <laughs> okay, so you've uh, you've told us that, that you have a personal project called yes. JS One on One. Yes, uh, it's personal and it's uh, contained. <laughs> it will remain personal. <laughs> it's contained in, in my computer, it's not live. Uh, well, I tried to, to build uh, like a platform uh, made by 101 JavaScript topics. Uh, and each topic to be uh, presented in a fun way, like a talk between a teacher and a student. So the student will ask what a student asks, what is that, what is that? And the, the teacher tried to answer um, uh, in a serious mode. The, the, the student 
maybe uh, can ask a question about that topic, you know, in a fun way, like a child, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the, the teacher uh, will help him understand uh, that topic. I try to uh, make it easy to understand, not going too much in the JavaScript internals, uh, but not too light, I mean, not talk about the four, four uh, three... Yeah, or three general... Years. Yes. Topics. Uh, so the title is uh, strategically um, uh, choose. So it can mean JavaScript 101 lesson or JavaScript one-on-one because it's the it's a talk between the teacher uh, and, and the student. I have around 20 topics written until now, but, uh, you know, you always try to modify what you have done. You need uh, some proofreads because it's technical, it's... Uh, uh, it's language errors and things like that. And I don't know, maybe if I will have time, with, I don't know, about 30 uh, topics, I think it will be enough to make it public and to see what uh, others think, think, uh, think about it. Oh, I don't think uh, it should have to be uh, perfect. Well, it's not like I'm writing the official documentation for React or Angular. <laughs> but uh, it can be a good introduction for the ones who are curious about JavaScript. And uh, I think I can learn more from from those topics because uh, each uh, reply, each comment will help me understand something that maybe I don't know. Yeah, it sounds like you're already 66% done if you have 20 out of 30. Sorry? You said you had 20 topics already written, so you, and when you're going to reach 30, you, yes. you're going to publish ah, them? I have 66% for the minimum value. Yeah, from, from your MVP, yeah. Yes, yes. So how does it work specifically? It's like a chatbot or like an no, input no, search? No, it's just like a blog. Ah, okay. It's a blog with um, question and answers and presentation by this, this uh, imaginary teacher <laughs> and uh, his student. Uh, that he is curious and uh, he gets bored very, very often uh, uh, and very uh, and rapidly. And the teacher has to keep him uh, uh, connected to the topic and uh, to answer uh, to all the questions and to show him some code, some examples, but not too, uh, uh, not too long because yeah. the, you know the kids get bored very often. And you have to be attentive with the uh, the length of the. I haven't put a limit, you know, to write only uh, two thousand characters, but um, I try to contain all the information in in an uh, in a in an eatable way for the reader. I don't know if it will be live or not. Why not? It, I think good, it's, uh, it's a good uh, training also for me. Yeah. You learn a lot when you try to explain uh, things to others. Uh, at most when you explain to people that have nothing to do with the programming, with concepts that you are trying to explain. I think I think this project sounds really interesting, and I think you should uh, you shouldn't wait until you have the thirty the thirty topics written. You should go live with uh, how many you have because, from experience, I I can tell you that. The, the sooner you publish things, the sooner you realize and the sooner you get uh, comments from people and impressions from people and the sooner you get feedback, the sooner you'll be able to better write the rest of the topics that you're, uh, you want to write. So I think it's a, it's a great idea if you just publish it now as it is, because if you, if you want to polish it, you're going to polish it forever. You're never going to get it done. 
So I think it's better to just uh, yeah publish it as is and go see what what people think of it. Yes, it's true. Um, no product is perfect, and yeah. we will end up brushing it up forever. Uh, I will take into consideration your your advice, your opinion, uh, and I'll see what I can do. I will work a bit on the on the design. I think uh, I have some. I've I've written in, written in uh, Gatsby, so it's uh, standard Gatsby with mm-hmm. uh, uh, Markdown. Uh, I have the, the team from Gatsby initial team, so uh, some problems are already solved. Uh, I'll see what I can do. I don't know if uh, this month I'll be able to put it live, but I will take it. I will take it uh, serious. Nice. We I'm definitely good. support it. Yeah, it will uh, let us know when when you publish yes. it, and I'll uh, will, <laughs> yeah, we'll spread the word. Yeah, we'll plug it on the show and uh, on the social medias. <laughs> I will wait for your feedback, of course. Yeah, because I, I think there aren't a lot of projects like this in the in the Romanian community. I, you don't see a lot of people trying to have projects like this to teach other people and to there are there are workshops there are people that talk at meetups and things like that but you don't see things on the internet that anyone can access at any time and you don't see especially you don't see a lot of resources aimed at extreme beginners you see resources aimed at people that already know some javascript and things like that but like the very basics i think are very underrepresented in in romania at least i mean you don't see a lot of content aimed at uh, at people just starting yes that's uh, that's good advice i will uh, adjust of course um, my my topics to actually i i haven't uh, talked um, exactly to my my target uh, uh, audience Uh, but I think 10% of JavaScript <laughs> you should know. <laughs> Although a lot of things are explained to uh, as to a new newbie, uh, but some basic things I think you should be able to understand. But it's not the final product; it can be uh, adjusted. Yeah, yeah, it can be polished and, uh, in yes, time. Yes. I think it would be interesting because you know you can have like 300, 4,000, or. 400 of questions and if it's javascript one on one i think it would be nice to be upvoted the most relevant questions uh, or answers and to stay like 101 on top to see yeah, yeah I, i think it would be like a glimpse to see which is relevant for the javascript community or, or which topics are the most important when you want to study in depth javascript I think now I have a marketing officer. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Diana Zola is available to help. <laughs> yeah, it's it's nice because I think it's community engaging, and you have like that feedback for the, uh, from the user and the one who's yes. reading your blog. Yes, that's the most important the, the feedback from the one that are from the persons that are consuming your content. So yeah, because they are the target. <laughs> Okay. Fair enough. So you're uh, our biggest fan. Actually, it was very funny to see that at some point, at one questions, we've received multiple answers from multiple email addresses, and we were like, "Ooh, that's so nice! We have more listeners sending us <laughs> solutions for Mihail's interview questions." And to see in the end that. Um, It was it was only you. 
and you had some aliases. Yes, yes, uh, I have many aliases. Uh, I've done that because uh, after I won uh, one of your tickets from from a conference, I thought that uh, maybe on the next uh, next answer you also have another ticket, and I thought that oh they won't going to give me the ticket because they already gave me one. So I think if I will send an answer with a different name, maybe <laughs> I will get a new ticket. But you know that eventually we would have found out. <laughs> <laughs> yes, but you, if you would have found out, you uh, couldn't uh, uh, deny me the ticket because you would have announced it on the on the show. So yes, Florin had won a ticket, and we should give him the ticket. And when I will uh, be here to get the ticket, <laughs> you can't just deny my ticket. <laughs> well, well, I'm sure that we have received many answers from all of your listeners and I, I'm sure that the competition was tough and uh, lucky me that I have been attentive to, to my code and uh, spent some time making uh, good answers. Yeah, they were actually very good and I was willing to uh, ask you what's your opinion on the inter Mihail's interview questions. They are weirdly algorithmic, so they, have, they are on the same pattern, so... Yes, my opinion is that uh, I think uh, the section, uh, interview question, is a very important section in the show because uh, it uh, put your listener to work. They try to solve problems. They try to be in a competition to see how that problem can be solved, to, to try to uh, give a good, a good solution, and in the end to, to learn maybe um, another way to solve the same problem. So I think this is a good way to learn how to uh, solve problems mm -hmm. because programming is about solving problems. No? Um, I don't know what to say about uh, the types of pro the type of problems uh, Mikhail sent. Uh, some of them were for more for Java, I think. Well, I'm not a Java developer, so I think they are for Java because usually Java is is uh, uh, used when you try to learn algorithms and then try to taught somebody else algorithm. Java is the main main uh, main actor. Java, C, and C++, of course. And some of them, uh, I believe only one, required to use uh, a structure that is, was not uh, really uh, um, used in JavaScript. So you had to make some hacks to make that structure really a structure. <laughs> But uh, all the others for me were very interesting and uh, I hope uh, I will be able to solve the next ones because like I said, the competition is tough. <laughs> yeah, we're, so uh, the reason Diana is asking is because we've had conversations about uh, changing the way we do that, uh, that question and maybe making it more broad and not so specifically algorithmic. And I think we're going to try to mix it up from now on. We're probably going to have some more algorithmic question, maybe some somewhere along the lines of the Angular one, which is not necessarily an algorithm. It's more like, hey, like general interview question, not necessarily solve this problem, but maybe questions that have pretty straightforward answers because it's, it's going to be hard to judge more like complex thinking problems. But yeah, I think I think we're gonna try to 
have a, a, a more interesting mix of uh, questions in the next uh, episodes. I think you should have two sections, one for algorithm, one for algorithms, in which uh, you keep it uh, as it is, and one section in which you debate some some problems uh, regarding Java, uh, regarding uh, JavaScript frameworks or why React is good for doing this uh, is better than Angular. You know, it's the same old problem, which is better, Angular, React, or <laughs> you will find out. Uh, I, I believe you will, you will have a lot of answers and a big debate about that. You can also call your uh, trainers because I'm sure they will uh, have a, an in-depth understanding of, of those problems. Yeah, and to do a framework battle. We've thought about it. So it's not something new. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we, we try to but we try to find different things. Please don't give up uh, algorithm <laughs> section because this is a very important section for uh, for every uh, every interview at a big company. You know, you can go to Google, Facebook, they always give you algorithms. No matter for no matter your uh, your job position for which you are uh, can you're applied diana hasn't heard of these companies <laughs> <laughs> or maybe these companies haven't heard of me uh, that, might, that might be true maybe both are true <laughs> both. <laughs> yeah so uh i know you you brought some questions for us you wanted to mix it up a bit and uh, Oh, yes, uh, yes. Because it's the anniversary 10th episode, you wanted to uh, yes. be the voice of the community and ask us, <laughs> ask us a few questions, so uh, go ahead. Yes, I, uh, I'm sure that all of your listeners are, are uh, quite curious about some things about you, because uh, uh, they try to see if they will subscribe or unsubscribe to your podcast, so you have to uh, keep, uh, keep them informed. So, uh, one of the questions I have is that uh, uh, being today the 10th edition of GS League podcast, uh, back then when you have recorded the first edition, did you expect to reach this number? What are your plans for the next episode? I believe this year is fully booked. Uh, I'm, I'm not sure about the fully booked part, <laughs> yeah. I think. So we do have a, we do have a spreadsheet somewhere with a few ideas for guests for the next episodes, but we don't have anything confirmed uh, for a very long time we usually kind of book guests in like like the week before we record the episode so we're not uh, fully booked and for me personally I, i'm when we started we had like probably two or three guests in mind and then we said yeah we'll we'll figure it out along the way and we did yeah we did somehow but yeah we, yeah, when we when we did that first episode, we were like, yeah, we're gonna do this and see how this this works and like something we've been talking about for a while now to to friends and uh, people we've met at uh, at different events is that that actual first episode, that eleven minute first episode, actually took four hours to yep. record. <laughs> we had uh, we had a uh, yeah very hard time finding our words and giving some logical some logical order to the things we are trying to talk about we used the whiteboard and it was insane i think it's, 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 it's way better now than we we got better at this I yeah think. we got better actually the first episode looking back it was really cringe <laughs> yeah it was um but uh to answer you, your question i think when we started uh we started in mind with doing it uh 
regularly so to uh, to have it two times per month but the thing is that that surprised me is that we did I didn't expect to get to be better or to get this good in this short amount of time so uh, in comparison the first episode and the last episodes I think it's a huge difference in of course because I mean the last episode <laughs> yeah, in, yeah, in how we talk, in our dynamics. Yeah, I think I think it changed a lot. I think for the first episode, we were both kind of scared because it was all new to us, and we were probably trying too hard to yeah. to sound good and to have it for everything we say to actually make sense. I think now we're we're uh, we're okay with the idea that nothing we say makes sense. Yeah. <laughs> and we're, we're more relaxed. Uh, it, it's not a comfy or a usual position to be in front of a microphone, and neither not. me nor Mikhail uh, is media persons, yeah. so we don't have this much experience in talking on a microphone on a daily basis. Yes, like I can see how easy to talk in front of the microphone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've I've worked all my life to get that uh, that computer screen backlight tan, and now I'm not uh, I'm not comfortable in uh, talking to people about it. But yeah, I think it's uh, it's it's improved a lot. I mean, we we were surprised ourselves. I think the third or fourth episode we did it mostly in one take. Yeah. So that that was surprising for us because the first one was like probably those 11, 11 minutes were like 20 takes or something like that that were pasted together to sound good. So yeah, it's uh, it's it's been a lot better. I mean, we've been doing them faster and faster every time and almost uh, real time like uh, I, I was joking with Diana the first time we we did after we did that first episode I was joking with her that at some point we're gonna get uh, to the point where we're gonna make a 30 minute episode in 20 minutes <laughs> <laughs> maybe if you would have filmed it on Mars because yeah, yeah. Were, uh, like interstellar in other galaxy where time has a different yeah. complexity well, what can I say uh, uh, Upgrades, you have upgraded yourself like a machine, machine learning. You can you get have, started, Mihail, to plant microphones on Mars, yes. get ahead of Elon. <laughs> you have learned how to do it uh, <laughs> The thing better. is that I think when Elon Musk will arrive on Mars, you will see like our podcast station there, already there. Already there. Yes. Yeah, we're going to be waiting for you, Elon, so when you get there, find us. Uh, I think we're trying to get more and more broad speakers and foreign speakers in uh, in our podcast because there are there are a lot of awesome developers and software engineers or people in general that are super interesting and they do cool stuff and they're not that available to come as a meet um, in a meetup here uh, physically. So I think our our um, our plans are to have some sort of conversation with them. We have some names on the list. That's great. Yeah, we're trying to broaden the, the our horizon, like all the speakers we've had, like outside of Vitali, every other speaker was Romanian and people- And mostly our friends. Yeah, and, and also our friends. So Thank I think, you. <laughs> I think <laughs> we're trying to include more speakers from abroad. And again, like there's a lot of interesting people that have a lot to say. And we're we're gonna try to get them on uh, 
and have like I don't know Skype interviews or something like that. And uh, that's very interesting. But I think Romanians are very good. Yeah, Romanians <laughs> are good, but you don't have to quit Romanians. <laughs> yeah, even even with Romanians, I think there's a lot of talent outside of Bucharest and a lot of people that probably have busy schedules and can't reach the, this place and be in the same room with us to record. Yes, so, of course. So I think, yeah, the idea of doing it remotely is going to be easier for everyone and it's going to help with scheduling and, again, give us access to, to a bit more wider uh, wider array of speakers and uh, people that's a, to talk to. That's a great idea. I'm sure that in Yash, Timisoara or Cluj, you will find a good, uh, good, uh, good guest. Yeah, the whole idea with the podcast, I think, in the beginning was to connect uh, the JavaScript community here to the international one. So to have a change of experience and knowledge change more easily than we do at the meetups or other conferences. Yeah, and, and like even at meetups, I, I mean, like uh, NG Bucharest and there's there have been a lot of other meetups as well that started doing meetups uh, through hangouts and yeah. yeah with with speakers from abroad because again like there's the Bucharest community and the people that actually come to meetups and the people that are available to talk at meetups is limited in some way i mean it's it's come we can say that there's a like probably i don't know what like one or two percent of the people that actually write code come to meetups and come to events and are available to talk at events and at some point you're going to see the same people over and over again so we need to bring some speakers from abroad and like travel and even if it's it wouldn't be that expensive it would still be like bringing someone from abroad to just talk at a meetup is complicated and uh, probably not worth yes, of it of course of course the time is limited and it's uh... Uh, it, it's a very important resource for, for all of us. Yeah, so so I think yeah, having uh, remote interviews is gonna be something that we're gonna look to in the future. And yeah, we're we're still gonna have people that come in the, in the studio to talk to us directly, but we're probably again this is gonna be less frequent than it has been till now because for now, like the past ten episodes, everyone has been in the same room with us it's going to become less and less frequent. Okay, now that we have this, uh, uh, this question answered, uh, I would like to ask you something about um, the other part of GS League, GS League that is uh, taking developers from good to great. How many developers have, got from, have gotten from good to great? Uh, that's a good question. Uh, I think there are more there. So for throughout our workshops, we, de we did 10 workshops uh, so far, uh, starting in with JS Fundamentals, intro in web development, intro in every JavaScript framework, React, Angular, and Vue, and some advanced ones. Um, and I think there are more than 100 developers or participants that came to um, our workshops. So I think this is the number in participants. Now, I think it's a, <laughs> it's a tough question in terms of how many of them went from good to great because our, our mission is to, to help them be better developers. But in a sense, it's up to them 
to further uh, invest in their education and learn new other new stuff about the framework or JavaScript or development in general. Yeah, or even taking the stuff they learn at the workshops and applying to projects and things like that. Because I think a workshop can only take you so far. You need to apply that uh, that knowledge to actually of course, of course. be useful. So, yeah, I, I think it depends a lot on the people themselves. But I think yeah, yeah. The, the workshops have helped a lot of people understand the basics and even more advanced topics about a lot of uh, like Vue, React, uh, Angular. Okay, so uh, the next question is uh, is about your area of expertise. So uh, until now, you have only uh, you had only workshops on the web, JavaScript, uh, CSS, HTML. How about new technologies like MATLAB? <laughs> 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 or not? I'm joking with MATLAB. But you, do you have any plans for going to other things, other technologies? The thing is that, yes, we've thought about expanding to, I think, connects technologies, not, not other programming languages such as Java or Python or PHP. <laughs> uh, the thing is that we truly believe in JavaScript <clears throat> and in the power of web, and you really cannot escape JavaScript in the now or in the future. It will everywhere. always... Yeah, it's everywhere. It, will, uh, it now exists, and it will exist... Uh, I don't know for sure if in this form, but the web will be there to last. So the thing is that we want to stay in the JavaScript or web area, whatever this means. And uh, we thought about um, completing our workshops with other topics such as GraphQL or TensorFlow or Docker or unit testing in JavaScript. So like how to make an application from start to end with all the tools and areas that implies. Yeah. I hope this answers your question. Yeah, and I think we've also had workshops like the blockchain one with Modex that yeah. are like Connex technologies, not necessarily pure JavaScript. Yeah, it's not pure JavaScript, but it's more like a use case. How can you use JavaScript, in particular React and um, blockchain technology such as uh, language programs such as Solidity and make a smart contract, which is in the end useful. <laughs> is it? <laughs> it is, it is. Yeah, and from my part, I was thinking about introducing some new and fun stuff such as CVG, SVG animations or CSS animations or this nice sprinkles on top of really, web. Really niche. Uh... Uh, yeah. Technologies and. Yeah, we went to experiment and to. The thing is that an intro in, an intro in JavaScript, intro in a framework will always be the same. So you can teach that. Unless they decide to do the AngularJS to Angular switch again. Yeah, <laughs> fair <laughs> enough, fair enough. But I think that our talent and expertise is just to, to do unconventional stuff or not necessarily unconventional, but rather cool stuff that are now on the web. Gatsby, Viewpress, Nuxt, maybe. Yeah, and I think there's a lot of cool and interesting technologies that yeah. ourselves and the trainers are interested in, and mm -hmm. they might find their way into workshops or like 
meetup presentations or things like that. I know Diana is passionate about accessibility and she talks a lot about that. So, yeah. I mean, who knows, who knows what we'll be passionate about next and what we're going to add to our, uh, to our workshops. Fair enough. I, I usually, like we usually as trainers find the cool stuff on the web and we play a bit uh, with it and it's an idea for our next workshop. Yes, you have to be, uh, you have to know what the market ask, asks for. Yeah, oh, fair enough, fair enough. So we will do the intro in Frameworks workshop as well. But we want to try new things now and then. Okay, it sounds interesting. So if someone uh, wants to be in um, your workshops, should contact you. Yep. So all our workshops will be available on our jsleague.ro website and we've already planned our next workshops until December this year. So we'll have a, we have a lot of surprises coming up for you. Yeah, and we're also going to talk on the show about uh, coming up work, uh, workshops that are coming up and uh, that are getting closer and closer. Okay, really cool. Yep. We can't expect that. <laughs> Okay, so uh, after tenth edition, tenth edition, you have so many, so many guests here. You have so many topics, uh, uh, so many uh, interested, sub interesting subjects. Um, right now, I'm trying to see which one of you was more involved in this uh, in this show. So I have prepared for you three questions about your. Uh, your podcast about this 10 edition. Uh-oh. <laughs> Ooh, host battle. So, uh, the questions are not so hard, but Let uh, the with a little, <laughs> a little attention, I'm sure you will be able to get the point. So, the first question is, which was your shortest, uh, which uh, was your shortest episode? Number one. Uh, number zero would be the correct answer. No, no, we, we exclude number zero. So from one to ten, including this one, but this one is not uh, taking consideration for this question. I, I think the episode with Vitali was the shortest. Or it, it no, was, don't have no, the no hacking, no hacking. Diana's trying to, to find the answer. I, I, I think it's either Vitali or Sylvia, I think, were the shortest. Or, or maybe the one with Alexandra, because I remember Alexandra, we talked uh, about it being short. So? Yeah, actually... Diana looked it up. Yeah, she... you're... <laughs> <laughs> Wrong answer. Wrong answer. Um, actually, the one with Vitali actually is 43 and 55 minutes, 54 minutes. And the one with Alexandra, 33 and 39 minutes. So okay. the right question, the solution is the last episode. Yeah, the last episode. Alexandra Yeah. Yeah, so I, I, I think... I, if I had three tries, the third one would have been correct. <laughs> Okay, we have to think about who will get the point, but uh, let's go to the next question. Let's say no one gets but the please, point. But please, please, Diana, don't cheat because I see that you are uh, op have opened the Diana, the close page. the laptop. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so uh, with this episode, the number 10, which is the uh, ratio female-male? Uh, that's simple. We've had two, two girls. Yeah, two girls. On the show in eight men. Yes, it's one, one, one to four. One to four. Yeah. Okay, so both with the point. 
Okay, Diana, now, Diana with the mathematics and myself with the statistics. <laughs> now the third question, I think this is a little bit harder. You had the... Please don't be an algorithm question. Someone, someone at your show said, and I quote, if I will make an announcement, uh, what? what? <laughs> I, I know, I know it is already. It's, it's Ciprian in the first yes, episode. Yes, yes, yes. <laughs> Okay, so the winner is uh, Mikhail because he answered faster. I don't know. But what, what, what was the question? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so no, uh, you asked him about uh, uh, that if he tries to, if he will leave um, yeah. the Bucharest JS Bucharest and uh, he said that, and I quote, if I will make an announcement, I will make uh, for my future. I will make it here at your podcast. Yeah, that was the Joker question. Yeah. The wild card. I don't know what it is. Yeah, so, so with Ciprian, so Ciprian had a very well prepared uh, interview with us. He, he, had, uh, he had all the questions and wrote some answers down. And this was the only questions that, that we didn't give to him in advance. So this was something that Diana took out of the pocket and that actually <laughs> surprised Ciprian. <laughs> So yeah, I think uh, I, I think on this question I had a slight advantage because myself being the one that edits the podcast, I actually listen to it repeatedly while editing. So I re I do remember some stuff that people well, say. Well, you had the right uh, answer, so so we can <laughs> we can say I won. So in your face, yeah, so. Diana. So the first edition on the uh, GS League contest. Is one by I think Mihail. this is actually congrats Mihail. Yes. I have nothing but proud feelings for you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm cool. so honored to be your co-host in this exquisite podcast. Yeah, I know it's great. <laughs> Actually, this is pretty fun. I think we should do this more often. Yeah, maybe we should do it like every 10th episode. Maybe we should bring members from, from the listeners and have listeners come in and uh, talk to them. Because it's not just the, the guests we have on the show that work on interesting things and have interesting stories. I think people that... Like, everyone has an interesting story to say, say in a way or I'm another. Sure, sure. So I think we can, we can find people in the audience that would, uh, that would like to come on the show and talk to us about things. I'm sure there are a lot who, who would love to be here. Yeah, I'm pretty sure also. I have, actually, I have an, an idea. We can do this kind of question interview, question interview, sorry. Interview uh, <laughs> no, 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 uh, question contest. Okay. And each of us will do like JavaScript questions. Yeah, we could do that. Cool. I should start learning some JavaScript then. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's a good starting point. Now you have a motivation. Yeah, if you put live your project. Yeah. Yes, I'll do my best. Now you uh, have put some pressure on me. Yeah. I need to make it <laughs> look uh, nice and shine. We didn't put pressure on you. It's the whole community of listeners you did, you did it to yourself <laughs> there's a burden on my shoulders i must do something with it yeah i was actually just going to ask you that because i think we should, we're uh, wrapping up this uh, this interview and so, i was just uh, so fast yeah uh, i was just going to ask you like uh, where can people find out more about you do you have a linkedin profile where can people get in touch with you and most importantly 
where would people see the JS101 content when it's live? Yes, I think uh, the best way to contact me will be on this project and I'm sure that will be something like JS101.ro or .com.com, it's already taken. So only that row will be, I think there will be the place where people can talk, contact me. And of course, uh, when that will be live, I will hope uh, we'll see a lot of feedback. Okay. Yeah, well, so make sure you, you tell us about, uh, about it when it's live and we'll, yes. uh, we'll plug it on the show and make sure uh, we get our listeners to, to give you lots of feedback. Really interesting. Cool. Thanks a lot, Florin, for uh, joining yes, us. Yes, it was my Thank pleasure. You. Hope uh, it was a, a very interesting uh, episode and everybody was uh, enjoying it, will enjoying it. Yeah, it was it was interesting for us. You, you had a few surprises for us and we're usually the ones that have surprises for guests, not the other way around. <laughs> but yes. yeah, it was... Uh, it was really fun. I tried a bit. <laughs> yeah. Thanks a lot for joining and thank you very much and thank good you. luck uh, with your uh, with your project. It's very it, it, it's a great value to the community. Yeah, keep keep being cool and giving us cool answers to our, to our cool questions. My best, yeah. my best. Okay, like thanks. I said, uh, thank hard, you. Uh, competition. Thanks. We'll be we'll be back shortly. So for the news section, happening this year on the 24th of September, of course, JSCAM Bucharest 2019. And the most important thing here is that the speakers lineup is final and live on their website. Check it out. There are a lot of great names there. On the 26th of September, the JSConf Budapest happening in, of course, Budapest. Uh, and we at JS League are official ambassadors. That's a new stuff. And we have a JS League 19 discount code for every member of the community that wants to attend. And of course, the last one on the 3rd and 4th of October, RevoGS, the first JavaScript conference happening in Timisoara. Okay, and now moving on to the interview question uh, for the... For the interview question for two weeks ago, for two episodes ago, we had uh, Florin resubmit his answer and this time it was correct. And uh, now that we have him on the show, we decided to, to have him ask the interview question for this episode. So, Florin, take it away. Okay, so the question is, write a function that takes a string as a parameter and finds the character that only appears once in that string. Unfortunately, unfortunately I won't be able to participate to that question, to this question, but I'm sure you will receive a lot of good answers yeah i think uh, so florin actually came up with this uh, this interview question we, we having him as an honorary guest we said uh, that he should be the one that actually asks the questions for once instead of just answering them so thank you Florin, for the question you're welcome and uh, now diana what are we gonna do for episode 11 for the episode 11 of course another surprise <laughs> Yeah, so we, we had to record this show a bit early, so uh, we, we don't have any, any guest planned for the, for the next episode, but... Uh, There's no biggie. Yeah, we'll, we'll find someone very interesting to, to 
come on our show and uh, we'll uh, we'll publish that episode on the 26th of July so then you're going to find out who the who the surprise guest is going to be for inter- for episode 11 so stay tuned for that and until then have a nice summer <laughs> vacation yeah and see you next time okay bye, bye.